Hello and welcome to the Information Podcast. My name is Tim Nostrand. And I'm Brian Reynolds. CEO and CTO, respectively, of Information Technological Holdings. And today we are talking with the creators of Joyride, Michael Chang and Roman Caves. Joyride is the HQ trivia for Uber rides. Answer 12 trivia questions and your ride is free. 12 answers correctly, that is. And uh, they previously created Spinny Phone, a sort of bop it for the phone that, um, as far as we can tell, made a lot of parents upset. Today's conversation is about serial entrepreneurship, what it takes to create new apps, and what it means to be viral. Stay tuned. Um, you know, I don't really define myself with any terms, but um, if for me, an entrepreneur is someone who, you know, has a vision, has a goal in life, uh, whether it's a product or an idea mm. or where they want to put themselves through um, and just goes after it, regardless of the amount of uh, difficulty and the amount of um, challenges beforehand. Wow. Uh, I think that to me as an entrepreneur um, and a serial entrepreneur is one who does that consistently after you know achieving one at a time each of his goals and each of his visions so uh yeah i mean you know serial entrepreneurship is all about you know the roller coaster uh it's you know there's ups and downs there's learnings from their failures right and it's just a you know a pattern of uh, of learnings uh ultimately you know you want to do better you know each time going forward right um so it's about learning from mistakes and uh, trying to ensure that, you know, in your next startup or company, you, you know, perhaps avoid certain, you know, lesson, mm, certain mistake okay. from, from before. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that reminds me of lean startup mentality. We're talking about validated learnings here. We're talking about uh, the types of lessons that you can use time and time again to sort of build models and, I guess, you know, Ray Dalio's principles uh, for how to actually run companies. So you had mentioned, you know, in your definition, Michael, of what an entrepreneur is, you have a big idea and then a series of small ideas. Is there is there a way that your different ventures kind of play in this larger narrative? <laughs> if there is, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, I like to think there's there's a a, a grander, uh, a writer above writing my my life story, and, oh, yeah. and somehow one day I'm gonna look back and see how everything all, all forms into this grander uh, story that's to be told. Mm. Um, but no, I, I've just kind of been following my heart, and, and you know whether that's been good or bad, ups and downs. But uh, I like to think of myself as just kind of uh, you know never never really putting anything above what I, my vision is and wh where my heart wants to take me. You know, money, anything else aside. Beautiful. And how do you handle conflicts between the two of you? I mean, I'm sure you haven't had any big ones yet. But yeah, they, they always come up. I mean, we, we've sure. been living together now it's for never, 10 years. <laughs> we have to remind each other yeah. that it's not personal. Oh, it's, it's not yeah. personal. He always complains business. about how messy I leave the kitchen. Well... Uh, <laughs> 
I come from a place of order. <laughs> We're what, not at that level yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we've obviously you know had ups and downs, and I think at the end of the day, it's just both us, both of us understanding, you know, like any relationship that look, you know, what we want is is all really at the end of the day the same thing. You know, we mm. want success, we want to see our visions fulfilled, and you know, and part of the fun is the journey too, is having him there, having us together, and. Going through the through the ups and downs, so mm. the ups are not going to be as good as you know if, if it's all ups either. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, just kind of coming down to even if we do have conflicts, uh, we always just kind of come down to look. We we both want the same thing. Yeah. Now Jordan Road is your second application together, correct? Yes. So tell us about the first coming together, that first experience, and how that's kind of shaped your your new experience. Yeah, yeah. So we we launched an app uh, last year um, called Spinny Phone, mm-hmm. and the idea was actually uh, it actually came through at a really funny time where we, <laughs> we, we were actually. So this is a true story. We were okay. we were in Union Square, in New York City, um, mm-hmm. grabbing drinks. I think it was probably way past midnight, and uh, you know that's usually the, when the best ideas come from. <laughs> um, shoes at the coffee shop. At the coffee shop, <laughs> Union Square Cafe or something, and Roman just suddenly I guess started playing around with his phone, but not actually playing in an app. He was just fumbling around with his actual device, mm-hmm. the heart, the actual phone itself, almost like it was a toy. Yeah, I started spinning you know, the phone on a table and then on the floor, and I'm like, Mike, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> and it wow. was, and it was. It was kind of the birth for Spinning Phone, and, and for those who haven't heard of it, Spinning Phone was an app that we developed that was in essence, um, inspired by the the popular handheld device, um, Bop It, yeah, back in right. the 90s. That, Twist it. Yeah, pull exactly. It. Pull it. Yeah. Uh, so we had we had this app that allowed you to basically, using the phone's gyroscope, you know, register certain motions like spinning left, spinning right, flipping it, throwing it. And I don't even remember all the other moves that we had put in. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that was the, the app that we first launched together. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- that was when we start something. Uh, when we have ideas, you know, we try to, you know, do something that has this uh, high chance to to go viral, right? Mm-hmm. So there was nothing really like like Spinny Phone, and there was nothing like you know Joyride when we when we mm-hmm. launched it. Now we have you know two competitors. We're gonna have many many more soon. Um, but with Spinny Phone, it was it was the first of its kind, right? <clears throat> Got it. So you mentioned this idea of you saw sort of a viral growth trajectory to it. You know, I assume that's because people were able to share it. People loved, you know, sort of telling other people about it. And we've seen similar success with our app, Snappleganger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get to a certain point where you see that growth and then you ask yourself, what do I do with this? What do I do to turn this into something that actually, you know, makes money or, you know, furthers along some other goals? Where did you start to take this company after you saw that initial growth trajectory? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> uh, ultimate goal for us was, you know, to build something that, you know, people love and come back to regularly. Um, I think the hardest thing for us was not getting the users, mm-hmm. but retaining them. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's the that's the hardest thing when in, in the app business, right? You, you guys know that very well. Um, you know, I've seen, I worked with apps, I've seen apps, I was behind apps that acquired millions of users, mm-hmm. and it didn't mean anything, right? Wow. Uh, it's, 
you know, most apps will lose majority of their users uh, the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, you know, having like a day one retention of like 40% is you know what what you want to strive for if you have anything lower than that i mean you got to kind of go back to the drawing board by day 30 you know if if you're doing if you know if you have more than 10 percent retention great you know so a lot of the best apps out there i mean that's that's what they look at especially you know games and social media apps um <clears throat> so i think you know even though we had this great you know trajectory in the very beginning what we noticed was that, um, you know, very quickly the app got boring after the first, you know, uh, like 10 plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, we had our really active fan base and, you know, kids who were like crazy about the application. And they, you know, uh, they really helped us spread it at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, you know, majority, it, it, it kind of, you know, gets boring. So we've learned a lot from that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and um, I mean, we're actually we're gonna relaunch Spinny Phone very oh. soon, um, and and this time around, um, you know, it's gonna be again something completely different. Uh, same same game. The game has that viral um, aspect to it, but the way we're gonna relaunch it this way, uh, very soon in one to two months, uh, is gonna be very different, unique, and. Uh, this time around, we think that there's not just um, this viral opportunity to it, but also a huge monetization play, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, we can get into. Got <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would love to hear a little bit about that. Uh, so you guys, you, you <clears throat> took it off the store for a time to, like, work on a new version? What, what kind of new features are you envisioning here? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, you know, when we launched Spinny Phone uh, the first time, uh, you know, we saw this massive growth in the beginning. We had 200,000 players, like I said, in the first four days. Um, <clears throat> but they would all play the game at, you know, different moments of the day, different times, etc. The What we want to do when we relaunch it is, you know, we still have this, like, massive user base, uh, which will hopefully get even bigger. Uh, we want to allow people to play at the same time every single day so similar to HQ where mm. we send out a notification at you know let's say 3 p.m. Uh, or 12 p.m. when everybody is in the cafeteria in schools and we're picturing you know teenagers just in every single you know every cafeteria just spinning their phones together and again creating this like you know viral Wow. Um, mm -hmm. Thing that so <clears throat> we think that is going to help us spread and um, and being able to get you know hundreds of thousands of people together at the same time. I mean, very few you know apps and uh, are able to do that. I mean, HQ was was proven to be successful to get mm -hmm. you know that many people at the you know playing at the same time, and there was there's really nothing prior to that. So. Um, I think we have an opportunity to wow. uh, to, to do that. And, of course, uh, there's going to be competition when we do that, and the daily winner will win a cash prize. So it makes it, uh, you know. Yeah, this is kind of live synchronous playing, I yeah. think, is what's going to be really, really fun. That's, again, with the HQ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> you.
So I mean, let's let's talk about HQ. Yeah. Because we love HQ. Absolutely. And there's no denying the tremendous success there. Hilarious they've, host. They've really created just a whole new category yeah. uh, for you know a way to interact with media. It's like a TV show app. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really something. It's it, amazing. It, it, to me, it's the future of media. Yeah. What do you think it is about HQ, in in particular, that has been such a cultural phenomenon? Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. I'm, I'm a huge Scott Rogowski fan, so Here I'm we gonna go. say he, he's probably one of the major factors the app has done so well. Um, but no, I think they're they're so good at executing, and you know these guys obviously know what they're doing. Um, the world was just probably ripe for something like this to have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, nothing like this has been done before. So the you know there is this novelty factor to wow, you know. This app that you kind of play at the same time. There's a million people in the room, and this funny host. You kind of become attached to this person. Um, I think that itself led to part of the initial success. And obviously, we're going to see if if this you know stays throughout. If it becomes um, becomes more than just, um, and it's up to the guys at HQ to make it become more than just uh, a novelty fad kind of thing. But I I believe in them. You know they definitely know what they're doing. Yeah, I also think that this social um, element to it, right, where, you know, it's an app that you can enjoy while you're at work, you know, and you can play with your coworkers and you can help each other out, right? So this social um, aspect to it also helped uh, push it to the top, right? And it quickly, uh, quickly took off. Um, So... But the main question is going to be, again, um, could they sustain the growth and could they retain, um, you know, uh, all their users? Uh, And that's going to be the hardest thing. Um, So they have to definitely move quick. Uh, They cannot stay at this uh, as only a live trivia game show. There there needs to be more to it uh, that really, really caters to... Um, you know, a wider audience. Um, otherwise, it'll get boring. Got it. Just, just what Roman just said. I think going back to this whole live synchronous playing thing, that's really the thing that was mentioned. Like, never really been done before. And I think that also attributes to the magical piece, right? Mm. The experience. Like you guys know this, playing HQ next to each other, maybe in a room uh, with you know many more people. It's so much fun. You yeah. know, like, what's the answer? Quick, quick, quick. You know, you become. It's like a. It's like almost like a, you're going on an adventure for a quick, you know, 15-question game or whatever, how many questions they have now. But I think that's the magical piece. And I think that has probably led to the success. And it's what, you know, I think at the core element is what it is. Mm, beautiful. That, now, you know, Roman, uh, you were talking a lot about viral like viral growth in the app and how that's very important in the relaunch I've been thinking for a while that there is like a theory behind what it takes to be viral. Have you ever thought about kind of the rules of virality? I want to just pick your brain on that. Um, Yeah, um, you know, to get something to go viral, you need this viral loop, right? It all starts from, you know, the onboarding process. And there has to be this aha moment, right? You have to really blow every new user away um, and that's the only way you'll you know you'll be able to have that user um, 
invite you know a friend. Um, and once you have this viral coefficient, right, of that's greater than one, where every new user who downloads your app uh, invites an average of one or more people, then you have this viral mm. uh, sensation, right? You have this hockey stick growth, which mm-hmm. everybody in the valley and everybody everywhere is is after. Um, what it takes to you know make a product viral. Um, I mean that's uh, that you know that that's probably the hardest thing. Uh, it, it's not easy. I mean, uh, to make something or go organically viral um, is not easy, mm. um, and definitely having some novelty to it, right? Being the first of its kind, it's very important. I mean, what you know, everything that you know, I kind of enjoy um, coming up with ideas and with Michael. I mean, we we're, we try to. Think about like, okay, is there anybody else doing it? Uh, you know, is this different? Is this going to be something that people are going to want to talk about? Um, <clears throat> so out of the box ideas, mm. crazy ideas, mm. like spinning your phone, or yeah. playing you know, a game show on your phone, playing a game show on your phone, yeah, or answering a few questions, getting you know, and getting a free ride, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, it's so out of the box ideas definitely helps, but. It, it, it has to be the whole entire thing. The, the product, it, it needs to be built for growth. Mm. And if you don't get that right, then it's no matter how, you know, how much growth you experience in the beginning, it's not going to, you know, sustain itself. Got so. it. You know, it was interesting earlier. You two were talking about your apps in a way that made me think that you guys were kind of like a band discussing your different albums. Do you ever feel that way? Uh, that's been like the coolest analogy I've ever heard. I think that's awesome what you just said. I've never, you know, I've never really thought about it in that way. I've, I've actually um, thought about entrepreneurs as, ath- as athletes. Athletes, um, okay. So I've thought of us as, as a team, you know, like uh, in basketball, like, you know, we're, we're constantly passing the ball between each other so we can get into the hoop. And it's, it's a fast-paced environment, so basketball is actually really a great um, analogy. Absolutely. But no, a band is actually something I've never really thought about. That's really cool. I don't know. You, you were saying your fans demanded more, and I was just <laughs> thinking, wow. Well, if you think about it, you know, whether you're in music and you're in the movies, you're in, uh, you're in sports, right? You're crafting a story to your audience, right? And, yeah. and our audience is our user base. And our stories and our through our medium is our apps. Um, so, uh, just to shift gears a little bit here, you've mentioned fundraising a couple times. Uh, what is your relationship with fundraising? How do you think about the decision to go seek capital, and then you know how do you think about actually finding the right capital partners? Right. So usually you raise money. I mean, the best time to raise money is when you need money. <laughs> like you know, for any entrepreneur, you know when you. You believe in something and you see it working, and you know, like, wow, this is the time to really add, you know, add fire, right? This is the time so we can take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. That is when you need money, not because, um, you know, so you could keep on iterating the idea, because um, you could do that without really much money. You could you could build product, iterate, um, but the the timing is right to raise money when you know, like, you've proven something. We were out to, we had the hypothesis, right, to say, look, you know, people want to spend some time on a dedicated app when they're going from A to B. Um, People want to have fun. And, you know, we believe that with the right kind of experience for the app, we can 
instill a new behavior in Uber users. And that's what we kind of set out to prove, and we've proven that. Mm. Through retaining, uh, you know, so through metrics and and retaining them, so now we know. Look, um, we know what the money is for, because mm-hmm. we know exactly how we want to spend it. Mm. Got it. So right. I think that in itself um, shows that look, it, it, it's probably the right time. Okay. Cool. Cool. Let's uh, let's talk about Joyride. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, what, what we're all here for. What is Joyride? Uh, what does it do? Yeah, Joy- Joyride is a fun little game you play every time you're on an Uber ride. Okay. Um, the game starts once you get into your Uber car, and it's a short, quick trivia game. Um, Ten questions. If you get it all right, the ride is on us. Wow. So you get a free ride. Wow. And so is the is it. The same game every time somebody gets in? How often are the questions changed? Yeah, so the format is the same. You know, the format is the same every time you play, but the questions are never repeated. Okay. Um, so you never get the same question twice. And it's, you know, quick, right? It's only 10 seconds between each question, oh, so wow. it's meant to be quick and fun. Again, we, we set out to just grab two minutes of your life mm-hmm. right now on a daily basis, and that's enough for us. But, you know, as we grow this thing, we obviously mm-hmm. are going to... Um, you know, maybe ins- ins- introduce new elements of, of gameplay. You, you say, okay, it's two minutes no matter what? It, it's roughly two minutes based on you know, how well you answer. I see. Because there's only 10 questions and 10 seconds between each question. Um, so we're just saying, you know, the roughly average time gameplay is... Is there, is there a vision of modifying the game to fill the space, say, I'm going to the airport's 40 minutes? Oh, a- a- absolutely. I mean, we only set out to do that just because we wanted to, um, we wanted to prove something, right? Sure. Again, going back yeah. to the, the hypothesis, you know, we were just wanting to prove that people are going to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And we, we would rather take, you know, a little bit of your time for, in the beginning and then build that trust and then slowly introduce things that are going to be fun that you want to you, know, you want to keep playing. So now we actually get people saying, "Look, the game's too short. You got to make it longer. Mm-hmm. We want to spend more time on it." And that's something you want to hear rather than launching something that you know people are going to be like, "Wow, this is so it gets boring." Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So there is a there's a real cash payout here. So you mentioned that you're not spending any money on marketing per se, uh, but you know there there definitely is a cost load uh, to these payouts. How are you guys funding that, and, and how does that ultimately scale? Right. So we're, we're completely bootstrapped at this very moment, wow. and we are, we are um, in the midst of some fundraising. Um, and we, we obviously set out to do that, too, because we wanted to make things simple, right? Decisions are made quick. We, we wanted to make sure, again, that we, we tested something, we've proven it, and then we are going out there to seek partners that work well with what we believe in. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's really important also when we bring somebody on is that, look, we've proven something. You know, so that helps with the risk for any partner to come in and, and you know, put their support between, you know, behind us and put capital behind us. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's something we wanted to do from the get-go before we do any fundraising. Got it. Um, you, know, as, you know, as we move forward and as we continue growing, um, you know, bringing on partners and, and, and capital um, obviously will be um, a necessity, right? Um, I mean, we make sure that like our payouts and the number of games we have, the number of people win, 
follow some sort of you know formula, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want everybody to win, and we don't want too few amount of people to win, right? We, we wanted to make the game engaging enough and have you know certain percentage of winners so that um, it feels real mm-hmm. and that people are talking. Right. Um, so by measuring you know the average cost of a ride and the average time of each ride. Um, we kind of, and, and also how much money we can make down the line by having sponsored questions, mm-hmm. right? right? So the moment, so somebody's playing the, our game, the moment they lose, if they want to continue, then we can, that's our opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, make some money in order mm-hmm. to, you know, fund free rides, right? Right. So we're thinking about that, um, and uh, it, it, it's definitely a challenge is always a challenge to monetize something where we have a freemium model, Yeah. right? Um, so part of the capital will definitely go into uh, being able to support the free rides, but also just building the team, mm-hmm. right? Building the team, bringing on partners, mm. um, and people are interested in, in being involved in something like this, um, you know, when, you know, first, uh, it's different, but, uh, um, um, there, you know, there, there's there's ways to kind of you know, uh, put your brand inside the game and mm-hmm. make your brand look feel a little bit different, right? We know where our users are going, so if there's let's say a Starbucks nearby, we could have a question about the latest item on the Starbucks menu, or right. so there's different, you know, and we're thinking about that, and you know, the as we're going forward, we're definitely you know yeah. bringing on partners to help us with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is is going to be built towards elevating the game experience. Right, yeah. even when we work with sponsors, it's meant to make it fun. And and I guess just going back to HQ here, when I said they executed so well, you know, you played games where they've been you know, sponsored, right? Whether it was the Nike game or some, you know, The mm-hmm. Rock came in with their movie. It was fun, right? It, yeah. it became part of the gameplay. We you don't even feel like it's an ad. Right. Um. So that's stuff that we wanted to do, and introduce. And I think we have a great platform for brands out there because. It's something where people go from A to B, and many times on a daily basis. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of things we can do. Uh, so we talked a lot about like sort of like tactical things, but I want to lift the vision here. Uh, me and Tim, we talk about this all the time. We talk about how you're not making money unless you're creating value for somebody. Absolutely. So when you t- think about creating a company and you think about how you're going to create value for people, where does that value come from? a good question great question yeah um i mean the value here with joyride you know we're trying to create an experience that will make ride sharing fun and less awkward you know uber pool is becoming bigger and bigger every single day um it was you know two years ago 10 percent of uber's business today it's 25 percent and uber's investing you know hundreds of millions of dollars into making uber pool bigger because that is part of the biz- their business where they make the greatest margin, right? And as a consumer, I mean, in the transportation space, uh, most people care- look at price, uh, you know, as the number one thing. So, like, co- uh, transportation, it's like a perfect competition, just like the airline industry, right? Um, so we know that at some point, we feel that most of the cars uh, w- out there will, you know, will be doing right uh, carpool, ride sharing with carpool. Um, so there is this level of awkwardness that you know that there is today, right? And I think that Uber CEO announced during one of uh, his interviews that 
one of the biggest um, struggles that they have is, you know, breaking this barrier, this mm. level, you know, this barrier of awkwardness between, you know, two strangers who are doing carpool, right? So that's kind of the their biggest struggle. So we're coming in here, and we're, that's the value that we want to try to, and add on top of the ride sharing, you know, mm-hmm. experience. You know, can we create something where, you know, doing something with a stranger becomes fun, mm-hmm. right? And w- where perhaps you can you can learn something new together. You can participate in something that uh, will build a bond between mm. the two of you, right? Mm-hmm. And if we can do that, we know that you know we created something special. We've added value, well, uh, you know, to the ride sharing business. Right. And I think that's what everybody is going to want to do, from Uber and Lyft and Waze and you name it. Mm-hmm. Community. Just just to challenge you there a little bit. Uh, so I I hear how you're describing uh, creating a lot of value for Uber, and I mean I'm sure you guys are talking about this. That's the uh, sort of obvious acquisition uh, vehicle there. Um, what's to stop Uber from doing this on their own? Why Why is it going to be you guys and not a feature that somebody on the Uber team builds? Another great question. <laughs> Another great question. Hitting us there. <laughs> we, we ask the tough questions here. That's right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to the meat of it. You know, Uber can jump in and, and do this. Like, it's not something that, you know, there's no proprietary thing. You know, what we're creating is very much experiences and anybody can create an experience for the uber platform uber themselves obviously can too but at the end of the day we're building a brand and and that comes from us being just um you know just obsessed with our users and building that community Mm -hmm. um, that fan base and being loyal to them and, and making sure like at the end of the day our name is joyride you know we're trying to make people happy even if it's just two minutes of their day you know their lives um, and that's through everything that we've ever done is look if we made somebody happy with our app Then we've achieved something right That's beautiful. Um, so we're you know, that's our core principle and that's what we're good at and I think that is the key you know to making to Roman's point, you know ride sharing more fun and I think also to you know making joyride become this platform that is synchronous with um, entertainment And that's all for today's episode of the Information Podcast. Again, we were talking with Michael Chang and Roman Caves of the new Joyride app. And if you want to try out Joyride and win a free Uber ride, just check it out on the App Store. Thanks so much, and we hope to see you next week.